For February 14th, this is the Weekly Rundown. Today, what's next for the GOP? Cyber attacks in Florida. $16 trillion lost to racism. Running of the bears. And the book, Money. But first, hello world. Welcome to the Weekly Rundown, a Sunday morning newsletter. Our goal is to briefly put the previous week's political and business news into context, helping you better understand why they matter. We'll explain big ideas, emerging trends, and overlooked stories in an engaging and hopefully irreverent way. We've set internal metrics for success, which we'll revisit each quarter. So as long as you're happy and we're growing, we'll keep chugging along. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Big idea. What's next for the GOP? The Senate has voted to acquit Donald. With 70% of Republicans believing that Donald won the election, 56% believing QAnon is at least partly true, and 39% believing that political violence can be justified, the GOP has become the party of conspiracists, not conservatives. While some think the GOP is on a death march or will splinter into a third party, the Republican fever is unlikely to break soon or be fatal. What is likely is the disintegration of their coalition, leaving only anti-establishment types left to support them, who are more likely to believe in conspiracies. These shifts will result in Republicans keeping portions of their base but losing ground in suburbs. They'll be relegated to minority status in the House, like after World War I, when they were in the minority for basically 62 years straight. They'll do well in the Senate, given the number of rural states, and in local elections, because of gerrymandering and a weak Democratic machine in pink areas. This is not the first time in American history that a party has been defined by conspiracies or open rebellion, and it won't be the last. Like Richard Nixon, Donald will be rehabilitated into the mainstream of the GOP, such as it is, and will hasten the shrinking of its base. Story to Watch. Florida Water Treatment Plant Hacked. A water treatment plant's computers were hacked late last week raising the amount of lye in the water to a toxic level, about a hundred times safe amounts. A plant worker actually saw in real time the hacker gaining access to his computer and raising the chemical level, but was able to quickly reverse the change. The FBI is investigating, with suspects ranging from a foreign nation to a bored teenager to a disgruntled employee which would probably be the most Florida man story ever. Experts have been warning for years that critical local infrastructure like power plants, refineries, and transportation hubs are overly exposed to simplistic hacks. The U.S., having led cyber warfare for decades, is falling behind in cyber defense with massive hacks of governmental agencies recently. If the feds can get hacked so easily, What chance do underfunded local governments have? They are the ones which typically run critical infrastructure, like in this latest hack. So what's next? It's time for the NSA to immediately disclose software vulnerabilities so they can be patched. 
for the U.S. to prohibit former government employees from working for foreigners, and for a cyber Geneva Convention. Also, uh, might be time to change your password from your company name. This week's image is Running of the Bears. Kurdish animal lovers run after releasing a bear into the wild in Iraq. To view it, subscribe to our newsletter at theweeklyrundown.substack.com. This week's number, $16 trillion lost due to racism since 2000. A report from Citi calculates that, that the U.S. economy lost $16 trillion in growth because of anti-black racism over the past 20 years. To put that in perspective, the 2020 GDP was $21 trillion. The report was recently mentioned by Susan Rice, Joe's top domestic advisor. City cites gaps between blacks and whites in wages, investment, education, and housing, with the latter two worsening since the 60s. If these gaps were closed tomorrow, we could add $5 trillion to the GDP in just five years. Many Americans forget that MLK's March on Washington wasn't simply about rights. It was about jobs and a $2 federal minimum wage, or $17.42 in 2020 dollars. So what's to be done? Companies with diverse workforces earn more than their peers and innovate better. Individuals can support justice reform, reparations, school funding changes, and an inflation-adjusted minimum wage. What we're reading. Money. A 225-page read by the co-host of one of our favorite podcasts, covering the history of money, perhaps the strangest of all inventions. Ever wondered who started the whole paper money fad? Hint, Kublai Khan wasn't nearly as genocidal as his granddaddy, Genghis. Still don't understand why the entire economy collapsed when the housing bubble popped in 2008? It involves a new form of money, run by corporations, not the people. And in case you missed it, a high school principal won South Carolina's highest civilian honor after working overnight Walmart shifts to pay for his students' food, supplies, and bills. Cuba is liberalizing its economy, allowing private businesses to operate legally in virtually every sector for the first time. Viva la revolucion! Finally, schools across the nation are considering lengthening their year to make up for lost time due to COVID. Students everywhere are rejoicing. That's The Weekly Rundown, produced by Ahmed Jima, Yunus Shabandri, and Faisal Chaudhry. Email us your feedback and questions at theweeklyrundownnewsletter at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review this podcast and subscribe at theweeklyrundown.substack.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.